0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thinks.
1: See that pretty girl in the mirror there? What? Mirror where? Who could that attractive girl be? Which, what, where, whom? Such a pretty face, such a pretty dress, such a pretty smile, such a pretty me. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh, God.
0: good, dude. That was good. I listen, I'm going to. Is this. Am I editing this one or are you? Because whoever. I am. Oh, wow. You are a lucky lady. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to Yeah, get, I'm going to like. Actually it was a lot less out. No, it was a lot less tone deaf than like ninety nine percent of our tone deaf intros. So (laughs) I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was good. I was really into it. I feel pretty, oh, so pretty. That's the song we've got today. And it is directly related to our topic area, which is body dysmorphic disorder. A little bit of an opposite,
1: but we are doing. Yeah, definitely an opposite.
0: Yeah, we're doing part two of that today. And as a reminder, this is our show, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a podcast where two shrinks tell you what we think about. Life. We give you mental health facts, then we tell you how we've applied those mental health sorts of tools to our own life, and then we spill the tea on the hot goss on our own life, and also we kind of give you the real deal on what's actually effective and what's not as effective. So welcome, you're getting all sorts of free little tidbits today. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know if you guys want any particular topic areas. We do have an Instagram, a Gmail, which is at com. We get most of our topic requests through Instagram, I've noticed. We get a lot of like DMs. So, I mean, if you need anything in particular, keep us posted. We're always happy to help out and kind of review something that feels interesting to people.
1: Yeah. As you guys might remember, we are still learning about each other on this podcast, and we like to do a what's good section where maybe we share a story or we just share something in general that's a little uplifting. So, Sunny, what is your what's good for this week? All right. This one's really good. I did not
0: drop my phone into the toilet. Ear, er, er, Oh, God. Okay. okay. Story time. Okay. So, I... I have I have a habit of dropping my phone into liquid it is if my phone is a heat seeking missile and the liquid is the heat right so like in any context I can manage to drop my phone into liquid I remember one time I was driving in college and I had like a liquid like I think a coffee cup in my lap and I had picked up my phone to answer it and just immediately it dropped it into the coffee cup what are the odds of oh that that I dropped it I was it was okay that's yeah, It's a small coffee cup and a big phone, and it's just, whoop, right in there. Perfect fit. Boom. Coffee <laughs> cup. I've also dropped my phone in the toilet, not once, but twice before. And I'm not doing weird stuff on the toilet, people. I'm doing normal people stuff on the toilet. But normal I, <laughs> people stuff. <but laughs> as you might imagine, whatever you think of, normal people stuff on the toilet. And yet, somehow, my phone has ended up in there. I've dropped my phone in a bathtub. Again, also not... I'm not in the bathtub with my phone. So that should tell you something. I'm not actually in either of those circumstances. I was not on the toilet with my phone. So if that tells you what kind of bad luck I have with dropping phone and liquids, then there's that. But today. Oh, my god! So I was I went to the bathroom. My phone was on the vanity. OK. On the vanity. It's in a totally different part away from the toilet. So today I was like flush the toilet. Go to get my phone. Instead of picking up my phone like a normal person, for some reason, my hands decided to swipe it like a kitty cat. And when I swiped it like a kitty cat, it flew in an odd direction towards the toilet, far, far away. It was flying towards the toilet. And I, I could tell that it was going to launch itself into the toilet. But yeah. I used karate chop hands and I karate chopped its trajectory from the toilet. And it just flew into the empty bathtub. So look at me. That's I, impressive. There you go. My phone you, you... <laughs> <laughs> My phone did not go into its annual liquid dunk today.
1: Do you always buy the insurance then? I feel like with those kind of Yeah, stats, hell yeah. like, yes, I need this insurance on this phone because I'm going to destroy it. Yeah, I'm like Dennis the Menace with phones. I can't be
0: trusted. And, like, the crazy part is it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't – I can put, like, covers on it. I'm careful. I'm a careful person. I don't destroy other things in my life. And yet, I have destroyed my phone many a times. So today I didn't, although I am starting to get worried you know that movie Final Destination? I Oh <laughs> yeah yeah. It's, it's
1: coming for you.
0: <laughs> like I feel like there's going to be
1: like cars
0: filled with like liquids like in front of me like or I'm going to be by rivers or like all these different things are going to happen cuz I think my phone should have died but I prevented its death and maybe it was its destiny but no. I'm going to Yeah. yeah.
1: The melting snow that's what it's going to be. You're going to, you
0: know. Uh, it's going to go down like the great <laughs> Benny Wise will yeah. take it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my what's good this week. Phone not
1: in liquid. How about you? What is your what's good this week? First, I want to slightly apologize. Last week, my what's good was the free guy show. I said it was on Netflix. It's not. It's on Disney, I think, and HBO. Oh, okay. Right on. My bad about that. But my actual what's good is the power of both slash and. So, a way to kind of validate all of your story. So, I am both a kind mm-hmm. person and I can hold my boundaries. Ah. I am both hurt by the way my parents treated me and I know they did the best they could with the tools they had. Mm-hmm. I am both aware that some people have it worse than me and I know that my pain is valid. Ooh, I like that. I am both independent and I need support. Hmm, these are called dialecticals, baby. Yes. So I just kind of came across that little tidbit, and I was like, I really like those statements, so I wanted to share them. Yes. I love those statements. The power of
0: both and. Yeah. (laughs) I'm both a powerful, powerful beast monster, and also when I get hit by any minor illness, I must take a bed for six months. (laughs) Right. That's what's called a glass. Powerful beast
1: and a fluffy little kitten. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's what's called a glass cannon, folks. I I have layers. (laughs) So what did you do for your outside of podcast experiment? How did it go? I was doing something similar to you. I think we had something very similar, which was just kind of... Focus in on the self, try and give yourself a little bit more empathy, be a little bit more kind to yourself. That was part of it. And then I also was gonna just kind of try to keep up with journaling. And yeah. I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do either. I <laughs> didn't do any of it. I'm I feel like we've reversed roles where like you're doing homework and I'm not doing anything. I don't know what I don't know. Life keeps getting on top of me and I've made a series of choices where I have a primary hustle. A side hustle and then a side side hustle and i think i'm a person who and a child and, and a husband e- and a house yeah and a dog yeah so i just yeah. like have i i done messed up folks so i'm trying to I, there's you done a,
1: messed up aaron <laughs> <laughs> i
0: did i really did and so like i i'm trying to do sometimes i'll get a phone call in with a friend that's really healthy or I'll get exercise like I'll walk or run but those are pretty much or I'll take my vitamins like those are the things that I can get done right now we have this joke in our household right now where I can only meet two of my needs a day which and I have chosen those two needs to be drinking iced coffee and taking a hot bath and that's basically what I've got in me there is no more So I think, but I do have planned, there's a definite end date to my side hustle, because my, so my side hustle became my primary hustle. My primary hustle is fine. But then I created a side hustle where I'm teaching. And the teaching is lovely, actually, I really enjoy it. But it's like 10 hours a week minimum. And I don't think I realized how lazy I am, <laughs> how much downtime I need. And I, yeah, like 10 hours is just not going to, that's a lot. I
1: was gonna say, that's not laziness. That is self-care. That's time for reflection. That's time for rejuvenation. Yeah. And you don't have time in your schedule right now for any rejuvenation time. Yeah. And between yeah. emails
0: and reading student notes, it's probably like 12 hours a week. <laughs> and then we're editing this podcast. I'm doing my best to post anything on Instagram ever. So yeah, it's just I didn't do it. So those are my all my excuses. What's up with you? How would your homework go?
1: Mine was more so to like just say nice things to myself when I look in the mirror.
0: Oh, that's really nice. I like that.
1: Yeah. And it actually went pretty good. Yes. I think reflecting on who I was once was and who I am now like me being able to say positive things on my physical appearance in the mirror is like a whole new world than where I used to be yeah and I I'm just like I really want to pat myself on the back for how I view myself now like instead of like looking in the mirror be like oh my god your nose is so big those pores are huge you need to pluck your eyebrows like (laughs) you know like my mind doesn't like automatically go there anymore and amazing. Yeah. So, like, I got my winged eyeliner perfect today. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, like, that mom bod is getting back. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Yeah. Well,
0: honestly, like, mom bod is kind of cool, too. Like, there is some parts of mom bod that are kind of nice. You know, it's strong, strong bod. Right. It is different shapes, definitely. But it is not a bad thing, totally.
1: No. No. So, I was impressed and proud of the things I was able to say to my physical appearance.
0: Yeah. You remember that Cisco song, the thong song? This is really related, yeah. <laughs> yeah. related, I swear. That thong, the thong,
1: thong, thong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what he's like? She got dubs like a truck, truck,
1: truck, truck. Truck, yeah. That's like what? What, what? 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 <laughs> Baby, move your butt. But but, but. but. <laughs> I yeah. literally was singing that to myself the other day because I was like, oh, girl got a big booty now. So like, I've always had the big booty, man. I've I've always had burthen hips from like freshman year of high school. They came along perfection.
0: Well, hey everybody! First of all, put on put on your Lizzo tracks if you need to. But like even more powerful, throw it back to the thong song and talk about your dumps like a truck. It's gonna be yeah. Fun.
1: We're all gonna be open. it is. Yeah. It's all good. I like that. It's all good in the jiggly hood. Yes. Jiggly
0: hood. (laughs) I want to go there. (laughs) I want to go to there. (laughs) All right. So what are we talking about this week? What do we got?
1: So today we are continuing our discussion on body dysmorphic disorder. Uh And last week we talked a lot about what criteria you have to have to meet that and some of the specifiers and the percentage rates within the DSM. Mm-hmm. But I did look a little deeper into some research studies related to that. So I thought we could start with more statistics kind of about body dysmorphic disorder and what some different studies have found.
0: I would love to do that. You know I love the research. Hit me with this 2010 study right here. I'm I'm like reading it as we speak. I'm like, ooh, that is very interesting.
1: Yeah. So in twenty ten there was a study to examine just the prevalence of body dysmorphic disorder in the general population. And this was in Germany. Yep. And they had about two thousand five hundred ten people participate in a survey. That's a good N, baby. Yeah, that's a pretty good number. Powerful. And what they found Did was you get my about...
0: statistics joke? It's a power it was powerful when you have a big N, you have quote, increased power of the study. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I didn't pick up <laughs> on it at first. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> I'm gross. Ba-bom. All right, keep going. <laughs> uh, so, the prevalence was 1.8%, uh-huh. about 45 people. Furthermore, individuals with the body dysmorphic disorder relative to individuals without it reported that they were significantly more often to have a history of cosmetic surgery as well. So, People with were 15.6% likely to have cosmetic surgery versus 3% without. Wow. Wow. And they also found higher rates of suicidal ideation. So 31% of people with body dysmorphic disorder struggle with suicidal ideation versus 3.5. Wow. And again, attempts then were also higher. So 22.2% had attempted Hmm. versus 2.1%.
0: This is fascinating to me. You know what's really – I would have so many questions about – I'm sure the research is not there yet, but about cosmetic procedures and how people with body dysmorphic disorder feel after cosmetic procedures. Like, does it do what is in?
1: Does it alleviate? Yeah. 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 Or does it just cause them to reflect on other areas? Or is it still not good enough? Yeah.
0: I would love to see what – like, does it alleviate the body dysmorphia? Is it a temporary sort of high – does it do nothing and actually just make it worse? I would be so yeah. interested. I have a hypothesis that it probably is like any kind of addiction or drug where you like get a temporary high and you feel good for a minute and then probably you need more and more and more to satisfy the issue later would be my guess. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure.
1: That would be my guess as well. And also, I wonder how many percentage-wise of cosmetic surgeries, not necessarily go wrong, but through the years kind of go wrong. You know, like when they put fillers in and then the filler like floats to a wrong area or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's
0: a floater. We got a floater. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, is like, I'm sure there are people who have cosmetic surgeries who don't have body dysmorphic disorder, obviously. And probably those situations are better situations because there's probably a lot more temperance with it and probably understanding about what the pros and cons are and how it's going to move forward Mm -hmm. and people are probably more I would assume people are satisfied with that and again right
1: more satisfaction with their results yeah sure yeah
0: and probably they don't maybe like overdo it in a way that it's likely to change a whole lot over time but I would imagine if you get more and more and more stuff yeah that's probably where you start getting into the weeds of what it looks like over time it's, it's so interesting because there can't be, there's not longitudinal studies on this. There can't be. Like, because a lot of these procedures are new and cutting edge. Yeah. So we just wouldn't true. know. Very, very interesting. I love that. We also have a 2012 study that we talk a little bit assessing the prevalence of body dysmorphic disorder in patients with eating disorders. So they compared the characteristics in 158 people, less powerful, but still powerful, <laughs> seeking eating disorder treatment. And they found that about 45% of the people getting treatment for an eating disorder screened positive for also having body dysmorphic disorder. So a lot of times, you know, for eating disorders, we see that folks are kind of looking to reestablish control over something, which is Mm -hmm. totally fair. But we're also seeing here that half of them are also having a body dysmorphic issue as well. And the study found that patients with both disorders, so the eating disorder and body dysmorphic disorder, had significantly more dysmorphic appearance concerns. They had more psychopathology, which means, you know, classifying a higher number of body parts than other patients with only eating disorders as mm-hmm. being problem areas. But I would also imagine that means kind of like more depression and anxiety. Right. Yeah. And then the differences are significant even after correcting for the severity of the eating disorder. So I would imagine too that. That probably means that when you have both body dysmorphia and an eating disorder, my guess is that it's probably more treatment resistant and you need a higher level of care, right? which is why that's functionally really good to know. Like, okay, if you really see your body as different than what it actually is and you meet this criteria, then we need to do an additional set of treatment options.
1: Right. We need to dig a little deeper than maybe other people require. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Good study there.
1: A 2015 study, which was aimed to determine the relationship of symptoms between muscle dysmorphia, body dysmorphic disorder, and eating disorders in a non-clinical population of male weightlifters in Australia. Love that. (laughs) Love that. So there were 648 men and their mean age was 29.5 years. Their results indicated that 17% were at risk of having that muscle dysmorphic specifier.
0: Interesting. That's a lot. That's like a lot. (laughs) That
1: is. And 10.6% were at risk of body dysmorphic disorder and 33% were at risk of an eating disorder.
0: Dang, dude. That's like a lot. I guess when you see more of an extreme kind of modification of your physiology, You know, I I suppose really, again, within cosmetic procedures, extreme weightlifting. I'm sure this is true in like different sports like gymnastics or wrestling, things like that. Yeah, you're going to see something like this. Sure.
1: Yeah. And the odds of having the muscle dysmorphia and the symptoms of an eating disorder were 2.45 times the odds of having symptoms of just the body dysmorphic with the muscle dysmorphia specifier. So
0: very interesting.
1: Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. Okay. And we've got
0: one more for your hungry, hungry science minds today. We got a 2021 study. So this is recent. It looked at the effects of COVID 19 quarantines on morbid exercise, eating, and body image behaviors pre versus post COVID 19 lockdown. Okay. So everybody calls it the COVID-19, as in like you, gave, you gave <laughs> yeah, 19 gained pounds. 19 pounds, yeah. like the freshman 15. I think that's probably pretty accurate, the COVID-19. Uh, participants, there was about 319 of them, age 36 to 37, and 84% were female. So what did we find in this study?
1: It found that exercise addiction scores were significantly lower post-lockdown, Eating disorder symptomology scores were significantly higher post COVID 19 lockdown. Really? And leisure time exercise significantly increased post lockdown. So there were no real differences in their actual dysmorphic beliefs. Uh-huh. But basically, they were using their leisure time for exercise, like exercise at home. and Sure. Going for
0: walks, probably, like being outside. Right. Going right. for walks, yeah. I remember during the pandemic, being outside for a walk was like my tree. I was basically, I had become my dog. <laughs> was like, walk, walk, walk. walk. Yeah, as long as I can get the hell out of here. I would be interested, too, to see more about, you know, how the pandemic affected our health behaviors overall. I'm sure there's going to be some research coming out about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably that like, would be interesting. Yeah,
0: even things like hand-washing behavior, but yeah, more exercise behavior. That
1: would be a positive one. Yeah. yeah, I imagine that some of like our eating habits probably got worse. Yeah, because there are so many people who try to go out to eat instead of making their own food, and so if they've never really adventured into that, they probably, <laughs> I don't know. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, plus everybody was trying to make bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet. But goodness. and then there was more people trying to like get chickens or you know kind of the homesteader stuff was kind of taken off mushroom hunting like the year before covid when we went morale mushroom hunting like there were not very many people out there and then once covid hit like everybody and their dog was out there trying to find those mushrooms and we're like damn it
0: that's really funny was that when did we go mushroom hunting was it prior to covid or during covid i can't remember
1: i think it was after it was after i mean i mean yeah yeah it was post covid
0: that was super fun side note story my dog everybody we all went it was the couples and their dogs, and we all went yeah. to find these sweet, sweet, delicious mushrooms, which was a blast, by the way. Loved running around in the forest finding mushrooms. I think I could make a career out of that. Like, really? it was.
1: It's fun. It's a good time. The tick situation sometimes isn't depending. Check yourself after. But otherwise, it's a fun time. That was exactly what I was going to say. So two things
0: occurred during this mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is that my dog ran into the forest and in under five minutes had dragged out what looked like a femur, like a blue bleached femur bone from this (laughs) deep forest i was like oh no i'm gonna be on a true crime show i'd never i don't want to be the person who finds the body i don't want to sure just a deer leg. it was a giant deer leg because later when we were in the forest we found the entire carcass like pit clean totally white bones it was like something out of a it looked like a horror movie. It was just laid there, like exactly as it had died. It was pretty cool, actually.
1: I mean, doesn't say just probably, yeah, probably just got injured, died, coyotes and stuff came along, yeah. and finished it off. It was actually yeah. like
0: really kind of sweet. Not even kidding, but yeah. So that was the first, my first five minutes of this experience, <laughs> and my last five minutes of this experience were when so. I think my dog has, like, super, super fluffy fur, so I don't... I think it's hard yes. for the ticks to get in there in the first place. Like, they can't even get past a lot of it. But the second part is is that she's on tick medicine, so if they bite her, they will fall off. Well, right. we had, like, ticks re-emerging from her fur, and we counted, like... I want to say it was, like, 29 ticks that we mm-hmm. that just, like, emerged dying because they had tried to bite her and they had gotten the poison or whatever. Yeah, 29, yeah. y'all. So... M- moral mushroom hunting is not for the faint of heart.
1: Michaela's country oh. ass was
0: like, "Let's do this." I was like,
1: "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah." No, the tick situation is awful. I've literally woke up and had one on my face attached. Oh, from no. like, I've ha- found them in uh, nether regions, crevasses. We'll call mm-hmm. that the crevasse situation. The crevasses, <laughs> like, it's. I, like, couldn't hunt for a year after that one because that was just traumatic. (laughs) How did they even get there? Oh, I don't don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't know. And it was small enough that I was like, no, no, that's got to be a mole, right? And my husband's like, no. I "Ah!" (laughs) I How do you
0: get them off? I don't actually know. How do you get them off? You
1: have to, you just pull them off, but you have to be careful because you can get their heads, their heads can stay in. So you have to, like, pull them off, like, kind of, like, twist and pull. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it, too. I can deal with all sorts of bugs, but ticks, I hate f- I hate ticks. I just started itching. My first – okay, well, one more story. My
0: first experience <laughs> ever with a tick was when we got our dog, and I didn't realize that there were ticks in, like, a very back portion of our yard. And so they had oh, gotten yeah. on her. She was just in the uh, – probably rolling around in some she shouldn't been. Anyway, and I felt something – I was just sitting on the couch, minding my own business, living my life, and I felt something crawling on the back of my neck. And I just hit it because I thought it was, like, a gnat or something, and I pulled away, and it was a huge mother tick. It was a mother tick, y'all! Was it attached? No, it wasn't attached yet. Oh, thank it God. It was just creepy crawling around, and I yeah. didn't know if it was a tick or not because I had not had that experience yet, and I, like, Googled big ass tick and yep it yeah was a tick. and then i tried to kill it with lots of different things in my house for a long time
1: oh those bastards die. are resistant you gotta burn them yeah i the only that's I a good th-
0: way to get rid of them i think i put it in vodka because i like didn't feel that- <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's like the russian way to kill a tick <laughs> uh- <laughs> i was like what what
0: is going to make this thing dead? I need this to stop. So I well, I mean, I tried different options. You can flush them. Yeah. Well, I was going to flush it, but then I started having visions of it, like crawling out. Of like out ticks crawling out from the the toilet. Bat. Oh my God. And I was like, nah, that's not going to, I need to see this thing die. Like that's the classic <laughs> mistake that everybody makes in zombie movies is they don't double tap. Like they don't verify. Right. Yeah. That that shit is dead. <laughs> I will not be that victim in that horror movie. We're triple checking the death of this thing. Like, We've got to check and balance the system. So I tried, like, smashing it with stuff that didn't do anything. And I tried, like, putting it in water that didn't do anything. Anyway, so I put in vodka. That was what finally murdered the little thing. Anyway. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Moving on. So what, so what are our treatment options for <laughs> body dysmorphic disorder?
1: Oh, God. As usual, the best treatment options are the evidence-based psychotherapies. Oh, yeah. And... There has been evidence that improvement in your disorder are significantly and statistically better upon receiving these different treatments. So no matter what the treatment technique that is used, most therapies will need to incorporate some motivational interviewing techniques to kind of encourage clients and their efforts to move forward. Because there is, you know, some belief struggles with this diagnosis.
0: Yes. Yeah. So that's all about like hey, let's first get the motivation to engage in care because a lot of folks aren't motivated to care and are kind of like relegated to care once something bad has happened or once right. they have had a, like, a hospital admission or something like that. So folks aren't necessarily motivated to change this on the front end because there is a lot in our society that does like reinforce this. Reinforce, yeah. sure. So motivational interviewing is going to be a critical part to explore all the reasons why you do want to change this and all the drawbacks of the behavior. And then the most common treatment is cognitive behavioral therapy. So it re- would require somebody to confront their fears without camouflage and stop all of the safety behaviors. So like the checking, the restricting of of calories the like extra weight lifting I mean you can still do some of that but it would require you gradually decreasing these negative evaluation behaviors and also negative like exercise or eating behaviors and it requires Mm -hmm. repeatedly learning to tolerate the discomfort of that and then testing out the belief like will people not like me all of a sudden if I am less muscular or whatever the case is whatever the belief is
1: Yeah. So you're using the thought management techniques and you're kind of doing exposure and ritual prevention. So exposure to the thing that's uncomfortable and then like your response prevention. So you're not, you know, you're not avoiding, you're you're tolerating. And then there's also the perceptual retraining. So kind of that whole thought process. Yeah. I was going to say that whole thought process. When you look in the mirror, what are you telling yourself? Yeah and behavior experiments to also kind of help them challenge their perception and test their beliefs. Yep,
0: that's the tried and true. We've also got acceptance and commitment therapy as another possible treatment option. So, acceptance and commitment therapy it focuses on tolerating thoughts and symptoms. So, it's more about like watching the thoughts and stepping away from the thoughts and not fusing with the thoughts. So, if I am not super thin and my ribcage doesn't look this specific way, then I am not successful. It would be about watching that thought and seeing whether it's lined up with your value or not. And then discarding it or accepting it based on whether it lines up with your value. Uh, so you don't necessarily try to change, dispute, or, or generate an alternative interpretation to the problem. You're more like, okay, that's my thought. Does that help me get what I want in my life overall? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the answer is no. <laughs> so they right. create an alternative behavior. You don't need to create an alternative thought because when you change the behavior, eventually the thought changes. So people who have really deep beliefs related to their body dysmorphia can benefit from ACT because it teaches how to tolerate the anxiety-provoking situation. You don't necessarily need to, you know, change the thought like we said. Which is nice. I think I personally respond better to act because, like, I Jedi mind tricks do not work on me. Like, it doesn't (laughs) go anywhere because I can argue with you all day, right?
1: If you're one of those people, then... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me what to think. This is how I think. Yeah,
0: this is what I think. So, but if somebody was like, yeah, but does it line up with what you want as a goal in your life? Then I'd be like, yeah, okay, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) damn it (laughs) (laughs) so this type of therapy incorporates core concepts of mindfulness acceptance and value based living so yeah the mindfulness is another big piece like awareness of like the body and how it feels
1: right and then another good option as always is dialectical behavioral therapy so because
0: a lot of folks have trauma
1: (laughs) exactly exactly a lot of times there is kind of with most of our diagnoses there's kind of a collateral trauma related yes somewhere somewhere deep in the crevices
0: yeah (laughs) as we have labeled that earlier the crevasses
1: and so dbt kind of combines the cognitive behavioral therapy and the mindfulness approaches to help people understand and accept change and their patterns of living that are kind of causing suffering
0: yeah I love that so much. I lo- so actually, what Michaela was doing earlier today, we're going to do wraparound care in this moment. When Michaela said, you know, I'm both a powerful creature that is filled with vengeance and also a fluffy little baby angel, that is a dialectical. Like two opposites being true at the same time yes. is a dialectical. So dialectical behavior is... Therapy teaches people how to accept that two different things can be true at once. So I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I don't feel great about my body right now. And also, my body is a very useful tool that gets me through the world. Yeah. Right? Uh, I hate the way that my ribs look. And also, I like the way that my eyeballs look and my booty.
1: Right. It would be like
0: things right. that seem opposing being true at the same time and not all black and white. So that's an example. Right. Of
1: I hate how thick my thighs are, uh-huh. but I really appreciate how strong they are to carry me through this world. Yeah.
0: Like I can hate them and know that society gave me that belief. And also I can appreciate that they helped me climb a mountain two days ago.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's it's just the both and sort of situation. So, yeah, dialectical behavioral therapy is great. It helps people tolerate distress and extreme emotional responses that are often triggered when you stop doing the checking or whatever behavior yep. you're doing. So it's a great one for that. And what happens? Some people might find that they need some additional support. So what might that be?
1: Sometimes you do need a little bit of medication management to help, you know, maybe an antidepressant to kind of help you get through the therapy or, or kind of give you the motivation to do those behavior changes Uh, And try stuff because a lot of people do have comorbid depression or anxiety. And sometimes getting on, you know, an anti anxiety or an antidepressant is going to help kind of push you into the behaviors that you need. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just bear in mind that like these things don't always have to be permanent. It can be like a bump. And that's a nice bump.
1: Right. And it doesn't mean you have to be on those meds forever. Right. There are a lot of people who, utilize medications to get them through a rough spot and then they're able to wean themselves off and they don't need the meds.
0: Absolutely. I like that a lot. That was a, that was a really good point. So based on what we've got going on today with our body dysmorphia conversation, what sorts of things might be useful for our outside of session practice? I think this is directly relevant to me. I think I need to do this.
1: (laughs) I think I want to keep doing the mirror thing, but I also want to like do the both. I want to have... You know what I mean? Like, so you... I want to keep looking in the mirror, but like doing my boths.
0: Okay. Can you like give me an example? So for the audience, so that we know how to do this
1: for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, kind of like the thigh situation. Yes. So I, that's, that's a part of my body that I have, my thunder thighs have always been pretty thick and stuff. And I have found them difficult to Look at and enjoy or right. my knees. Uh, for some reason, I feel like I I, they're, I think they're strong knees, but they look kind of fat to me, I guess. <laughs> Our knees? Can knees be fat? I, just I don't know. This. To me, they look that way. <laughs> so, like, I've always worn, like, stuff that's, like, to my calf because I need that whole area covered. Chonk knee. Um,
0: I love that. Chonk
1: knees. Yes. Yeah. So looking at that and being like, okay, I don't like the way this looks today. Yeah. But I recognize, again, I recognize how strong they are and I can do some hella squats and I can carry this baby through the house and dance around. So doing a little bit of the both with the things that I maybe still do struggle at positively seeing, I guess. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: I like that. That's actually a really good example. I think that's great. I, uh, (laughs) I have a slight digression story where once upon a time... I had a friend, we were all, we went to the same exercise class together, and one of my friends is a professor at a, let's say, a, like, southwestern sort of university, and one of her students had come up to her, it, this is, I was being relayed this story in an exercise class, so my friend, let's call her Mary, she looks at the both of us and says, am I a thick chick? <laughs> and we both busted out laughing, we're like, what? Sure, I guess. Do you know what that is? Like, why do you ask us? And she was like, I don't know. One of my students just said, yo, you're a thick chick. Is that good? And I just keep thinking about that. Like, being a thick chick is something that's cool now. So, hey, you know, enjoy it. Be a thick chick. When you ask yourself, am I a thick chick? Yes. Thick with a C, baby.
1: Yeah. Kind of fat with a P, right? Fat with
0: a P, thick with a C. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to do uh something similar. I, let's see. I definitely have areas that are just, like, not my favorite areas. But I think mm-hmm. that also I, I like to weight lift and stuff like that. So I think I might just divert attention a little bit and think, like, oh, look at my trapezius muscles. Those are pretty sexy. You know, look at my shoulders. Those are powerful. So, like, I don't know if I'm going to contradict actively the parts i don't like i'm just gonna add the parts i do redirect yeah i'm just gonna be like yeah. okay yep you might not love that that's all coolio but look
1: at your booty dumps <laughs> like a truck, truck truck booty booty give me that booty.
0: <laughs> yeah so i think yeah that could be a skill for me and i i'm all about diluting the negative with the positive because eventually it will outweigh it and the negative becomes a lot less powerful so i'm gonna try something yeah. in that department actually
1: I like it. I like it. Yes. Do you have a joke for me? I
0: have a freaking hilarious joke. I was thinking about it like the uh, morning. Okay. Alright. It's not related, but it is something. Oh,
1: that's okay. okay. If it's wonderful, I'll take it.
0: Okay, are you ready? Yes. So I bought some shoes today from a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. Oh
1: my god! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's so. Oh my, the lace and then the. Oh my God, that was great. That's so clever. (laughs) I saw that. I saw that one, and I was
0: just like, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for my time. I've just been thinking about it constantly. Just it's all that goes through my mind. Anyway, so
1: that's my joke. Okay, now you
0: got to hit me with. Okay,
1: okay. I've I've got a couple, and one of them is a yo mama. So my apologies.
0: (laughs) Sorry for all the mamas.
1: (laughs) Yo mama so ugly that she walked into a haunted house and came out with a job application. (laughs) Oh my God. That's
0: great. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you for this gift. I'm going to use that.
1: And the other one. Did you hear about the statue with low self-esteem? No. She was taken for granted. Oh.
0: (laughs) These are stupendous. I think these are A-plus jokes today. You guys, you are welcome for all of that, let me just tell you. (laughs) Well, if you are, and on that note, if you are liking what we are putting out into the universe, do feel free to like, subscribe, or follow us, or even leave us a review. Uh, we really appreciate the visibility that that gets us and if you yeah if, if financial support is not an option definitely try that and if you are wanting to leave a tip for the tip jar we do have a patreon that's www.patreon.com forward slash shake your shrink thinks honestly we haven't put a lot extra up there for like you know people in terms Since of we like started worksheets <laughs> and stuff like that we we just recommend leaving a tip in the tip jar because until we get more time and financial support that's not a realistic thing Uh, Right. Yeah.
1: We would love to make that be something really dynamic where we're interacting with people. And like you said, having all sorts of the worksheets. Yes. But we have to make them our own worksheets. And we don't have the time or capacity since this is like side, side, side hustles for us. So
0: as as you have heard, this is my third exponent of hustle. So this is my side, side, side hustle. I want it just to be my side hustle. And then I, I want it to escalate to primary hustle. So that's, Same. What, that's what we're trying to do. So if you're liking what we're put, putting down, feel free to leave us a tip in the tip jar. Yeah. So thank you so much for spending your time with us today, folks. Next week, we will be talking a little bit about bibliotherapy, which is whoop, whoop. read a book, read a book. <laughs> it, helps, <laughs> it helps your mental health. Uh, thanks so much for your life minutes. And we will check you on the flippity flop.
1: Yeah, on the flippity flop. See you next time. Bye. Bye.